It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III. We are back. Episode 8, I believe, is where we're at, CP. Um, Music brought to you by Bryce Phillips. Lil Bree. By the way, how did did he do in his game before I I bring you in? That dude balled out. He's been showing out every week. I mean, teams have really stayed away from him, but uh, this week he had interception, man. He did? He had a pick. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about that here in just a minute. Um, Utah coming off of a huge win. Huge. 35-21 victory over number 18 Arizona State at a jam-packed Rice Cycle Stadium. The first game back at home since the tragedy of Aaron Lowe. And so, uh, you know, obviously you guys playing with a, a heavy heart. But first off, just given everything that has gone on, CP, how are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate you asking. I'm doing really good. Things and things feel a lot better after a big win like uh like this like the one from last week. Yeah, and that was huge. You guys now sit in the uh, driver's seat in the uh, Pac-12 South standings. That could become a very big game if ASU ends up running the table, or you guys run the table, or you guys end up coming back with like you know the uh, same amount of losses in conference play, and you guys are tied for first and yeah. the head-to-head win. This win would then put you guys in Las Vegas. Sure would. So it's huge. Um, so just given all, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Jaden Daniels and them, they had a lot of respect for you yeah, because they didn't throw your way other than a screen early in that first quarter, which is not really thrown to you. Yeah. They're more just saying, all right, can, 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 can he get around the block? Yeah. It was kind of probably a boring night for you, I'm guessing. Somewhat, somewhat. But I do realize, you know, it's a team game and, you know, uh, by them not really throwing at me, allowed for other guys to make out, make plays and which they did. Uh, super proud of Fabian. Uh, super proud of Zamaya Vaughn. Uh, both those dudes, they stepped up on the, on the opposite corner uh, role. And, you know, the whole defense, really, man. Uh, sec- the secondary was just a small piece of it, but it was really the D-line, the linebackers. They consistently made plays. Devin Lloyd in the backfield so much. Um, think about Van. I think about Wati Pututa. I watched the game over and over again already. He had a pretty sick sack. He did. He, he leveled Jaden. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, Everyone, man. I can't even name everybody, but it was so many pieces that, you know, had to come together before the victory was was announced. How were the mindsets of the guys? You guys were coming off of Aaron's funeral. A different week of prep had to change some things around. How was it leading up to this game? It was good. I felt like the focus level was super high. Um, You know, coming off of the SC week, we wanted to make sure that we transitioned to this team and, 
didn't kind of live in the past. It's not very good to dwell in the past and be celebrating too long. So we did a good job of like the leaders and then even the coaches making sure that we were focused, making sure that we were locked in and locked in on the opponent at hand. And so we did, man. And so we came out and we came out shooting. First quarter wasn't the best quarter, I don't think. Um, we kind of started a little bit slow. Um, they jumped out on us, but I felt like we stayed the course, man. And we we really just showed it. It was a testament to our grit as a team, you know, and I feel like we've showed that a couple of times now. We've shown that a couple of times now, and last night was what you seen. It was special. I'm going to ask you a question I'm sure all of the Ute fans want to know, and I'm, I'm sure we'll ask Kyle Whittingham this at his press conference. What is the difference? Why are you guys such a second-half team? Because that was the case against SC. That was the case against Washington State. And that was now the case against Arizona State. What is different about this Utah football team from the first half to the second half? Belief. Um, there's a lot of answers to the question. You know, uh, I feel like one of the biggest things is adjustments. The coaches being able to adjust on the fly. Halftime adjustments are big. Um, belief. The team's grit. We put in a lot of work in the offseason, and we continue throughout the season. The guys really do believe in each other, and you see that where teams start to fall apart on the other side of the ball, we start to, we start to kind of come together, you know. That opposing team, you know, they may be going whatever, whatever, um, when they, when adversity strikes, but it's, you know, we feel like as our, as our team gets older and as our team transitions to game after game after game after game, we kind of get stronger, and we become more and more a family. You guys came out of the gates against Weber State, played well. Yeah. And ended up getting the win. And then you guys dipped a little bit against BYU and uh, over against the uh, Aztecs in, in San Diego State. Cam Rising talked to us after the game on Saturday and was saying that guys aren't really pointing fingers anymore. Not at all. Is that a big reason why maybe guys are, are stepping up because now they're not feeling like they're you know taking the blame and things yeah. like that? Yeah, like I said, adversity strikes and you either get closer or you know you allow it to divide. And I feel like we're choosing it, you know, to get to, to allow it to get closer to us and to, to allow us to form even more as a family rather than pointing fingers like Cam said. I love that he mentioned that because, you know, it's important. A lot of teams are start to point fingers like, dang, that position group ain't right or whatever, whatever. But it's like we kind of look to each other. We lean on each other. If they're struggling, you know, we go put our arm around our brother. And that's how it is. And you can see it because in those big moments now it's like that, t- that position group or, you know, that specific player that maybe has struggled early in the game, now he makes the play of the game. Or now he's doing something, you know, spectacular in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter when we need it to get a momentum switch. And that's what's special to watch, you know. And watching after watching the, the TV copy again of the game, I watch it about five times, you know, about ten, in a 10-hour span after the game happens. And uh, watching, you know, the TV copy that I recorded and then watching, you know, the regular defensive copy, um, I was like, wow, it's just different. Two different feels because you get to hear what the commentators are saying. You get to, you know, because I was in the game, you get to feel exactly, you know, what you were feeling in that moment, what the defense was feeling in that moment, and then just comparing notes and seeing how guys were flying around is pretty special. Something I I noticed uh, in that game on Saturday, and I, you know, pointed it out on Twitter, Utah really tried to make a really big emphasis on fans getting in their seats early and that the place is packed right at kickoff. Because in years past and in games past, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Fans take their, their uh, sweet time coming in. And I know that some of them are going to come back to me and tweet at me and complain that, you know, it, it takes a long time to get into the gate and all that stuff, which I, I get it. But then you also could, you know, go in a little bit earlier. I mean, the gate's yeah. open, I think, two hours before kickoff. And so, you know, fans like to like to wrap up the tailgate or whatever and then roll in. But Utah football really made a, a huge emphasis 
on preaching to the fans, get in early. Yeah. Get in early, pack this place, have it loud at, at, at kickoff because this ASU team, their only other loss was against BYU when that place was packed and loud and they had so many penalties. Yeah. And they wanted to have that home field advantage, especially it was the first game coming back since since Aaron Lowe. When you guys came out, out of that tunnel, did you notice how it was a little bit more more packed yeah, than it has man. been in years past? I, you know, I felt good. It felt like game one. Yeah? You know, it felt like game one. It did. It, it was like just, just in terms of, you know, the fans and how packed it was. It was like, you know, a new experience all over again. And I was like, I felt good because the smoke, man, it was so crazy. Me and uh, – I think it was me and Brandon McKinney, we both – couldn't even see where to go, um, yeah, because the smoke was right in our face, and there was also like fire. It looked like, yeah, and then the it smoke, probably wasn't really fire, but yeah. And then the smoke cleared out, and we were like, "Oh, everyone's already running!" And so we ran out, <laughs> and so because we didn't see anything, it just magically just cleared out out of us all of a sudden. Because I was grabbing Brandon, I'm like, "Man, what? Like, what's going on? I can't see anything." He's like, "I can't see nothing either." And, um, and all of a sudden, you guys, as soon as it clears, everyone's sudden, already like down, out, down out out of the know, field and you guys hurry. We were walking slow because we couldn't see. Yeah. And I'm trying to fill around with people as I'm grabbing him. And he's like, I can't see. I'm like, yeah, me either. And so we just walking slow. And then all of a sudden, the smoke cleared and um, everyone was already running. I'm like, oh, we got to go. So we took off and the rest is history. And then, you know, we saw all of all the fans. It was crazy, man. It was a, it was a beautiful thing. I, I can see complete buy-in from the fan base. Which is huge because that, I, I believe, probably helped you guys, especially in that second half against ASU. I believe that, for real. Nah, the uh, the loud the loud crowd, man, definitely makes an impact on the quarterback. All right, so what was the, the message from the coaches in the locker room? You guys are down 21-7 at the half. Um, fans are probably thinking, uh, this isn't a game we really want to lose. Yeah. And I know you guys are probably thinking that, too, because you guys knew what, what all of us knew. This is a big game. It's the one that could put you into the driver's seat in the Pac-12 South. And it's also a team that was ranked and only had one loss, and it wasn't in conference play. You you guys were the only two teams left in the entire Pac-12 yeah. that didn't have a conference loss. Yeah. So being down 21-7, what was the message from the coaches in the locker room? Play hard, play together, man. I mean, that was, uh, the, the, that was the theme I felt like. And then, you know, some adjustments were made. Um, uh, the biggest thing was just, hey, keep on playing. You know, we're not out of this. We've been down further. And, um, you know, when adversity strikes, we all looked around, and I saw no disbelief. It was all belief. You know, everyone was kind of looking around, and you heard Devin again. Believe, believe, believe. Come on. Believe. It's going to be all right. You know, him, Mika, all the guys. I was even screaming at everybody. everybody. And so just looking around and seeing that nobody was phased, nobody was shaken by this, it was like, all right, we're good. We're fine. This is what we do. We're, 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 we're a team that thrives off of these moments. So we were excited. So part of that run, you guys end up going on where you guys scored, you know, 28 unanswered. There was a play, I think it was the first drive or the second drive, where, where Britton Covey ended up getting a catch, ends yeah. up getting tackled out of bounds, gets up and flexes over a dude. <laughs> first of all, did you see that play? Uh, I didn't see the play. I looked up on the jumbotron and I saw him flex and I got hype. I'm not going to lie. And then he ends up getting flagged for it. Yeah. So you guys end up getting it, getting it called back. But then on the very next play, um, Cam finds Brant Keithy for a touchdown, for a twenty-yard touchdown. So yeah. it really doesn't matter. But what was Britton's message to you guys? Because Kyle Whittingham said he, you know, addressed it with you guys after the game. He just basically told us that he doesn't usually get his emotions, you know, let his emotions get the best of him, and he really doesn't. He's a great leader and stuff, and sometimes you know it happens. And so he just was super apologetic after the game and. We, of course, we started, uh, we didn't even really let him finish his apology. We all started hyping him up. 
I was the first one to do. I threw up my flex, you know, and then we all started flexing. And he was like, yeah. And then we just all got hyped. And then um, the funny thing was Coach Whittingham or someone tapped Whittingham and was like, oh, we got to pray because we usually pray, you know, after victory. So we all got hyped and everything. And, you know, the hype got cut off because someone was like, hey, we got to pray. And so it was like, and then Covey was like, oh, yeah, let's pray. And so, you know, <laughs> while we were all louder, oh, yeah, let's get on our knees and pray. And uh, my arms are still up. I'm like, oh, yeah. And so we all sat down. and <laughs> it got, got on our knee. Yeah, we got on our knee and we prayed. And then we got back hyped. And that's when we proceeded to lift Coach Witt up. We were insane the fight song and all that stuff. Okay, so Witt, I've never seen him that animated after the game. I mean, we weren't in the locker room. Yeah. But you guys tweeted out videos of it as far as uh, Maddie Hansen and all yeah. of them. Was it just the fact that it was such a big game and the way you guys played in that second half? Because I've never seen Witt so happy like yeah. that to where he's like in the middle he's like jumping up and down with you guys and then it was an emotional win man and I'll then you guys you. end up picking him up yeah well you know it started with you know him presenting a game ball to you know to Ty and yeah. to Aaron and so that that's what made you know before the game it was already going to be for them and so it was an emotional win and the fact that we started off down you know and it came up that was like that was the part that made it so special because we know how important this game was they had been preaching it all weekend so we already knew it and so when we got down it was like damn we saw it kind of starting to try to drift away. It tried to drift away, but we had grit, man. And, you know, like I said, we came back and we were stronger, you know, mentally um, than we were in the first quarter and the first half. And, you know, it just made it that much more fun. And then, you know, when we got the win, man, nobody can control themselves. We were like, let's go. We saw Coach Whittingham turn up, and we were just turned up. We couldn't control. We lifted him up. I don't know who had the idea. I was going to ask you who had that idea. I don't know. It's just, you know, we started jumping up and down. So Whittingham started jumping up and down. Someone grabbed him. I grabbed his leg. You know, I was I was in there. I was <laughs> you had to lift his giant yeah. calf. Yeah, I was, I was holding his, his, cat, his calf or his leg, and we were just up there, man. We were turned up. Is his is his calf pretty heavy? Yeah, man. He told us, and it's crazy. Now I'm remembering what he was saying. He was like, he told us before. He was like, this is gonna be one of the most memorable games. He was like, make it memorable for a good reason, you know, before the game. That's what he said, and so mm-hmm. that's what we did, man. There you go. By the way, so Whittingham was asked after the game about Britton Covey's flex. Yeah, and this is what he ended up saying post game. Here, take a listen. Is that what he did? He flexed. <laughs> I thought I was going to take his helmet off and show the, how the Rogaine's working. But, but, oh. but, but uh, no, I didn't, I didn't notice that. And he apologized to the team afterwards. And that kid made play after play as well. I love Britt Covey and his competitive spirit as well. The whole team, offensive line, took over in that second half. So how about that? I mean, yeah. the fact that he is even throwing jabs at his players. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, playful jab. Yeah. And everyone's got every single joke in the book about Britton Covey's age because, I mean, it's true. He's been in college football since 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So was that a little rare to see Kyle Whittingham kind of throw a jab, especially around the media? Kind of yeah, like man. That? It just shows you that, you know, this was a big victory and, you know, everyone was excited. It was a perfect moment to make a joke like that, I think, you know. Knowing, you know... Uh, what's call it uh, knowing Covey's age and knowing how long he's been in the program that's someone that he can make a joke with so it was good to see it was funny man I, I didn't hear that until now so I, I thought that was hilarious man like just that he would say that is, is funny because I even joke around I call him Uncle Cub I call him Uncle Cub what's good you know we go out there and catch punt returns before practice and he's like what's up nephew I'm like what up bro you know and so but nah, I think uh, some of those jokes get overplayed. I see some of them on school. I'm like, man, every day is something new. But um, some of them are hilarious, though. And that was a good one. Is it working, though, for him, the Rogaine? 
I don't know if he's using that. I won't even get on there and say if he's using it or not. I don't want him to be mad at me in the locker room. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it hard to piss him off? Because I, I know there was one practice, and I think it was after the BYU loss or the San Diego State loss. Yeah. Where he said, I think it was on your guys' Bloody Tuesday practice, mm. where guys were, were messing around and he kind of got after him about it. But in all reality, as long as you like do your work and stuff, is it hard to piss off Britton Covey? Yeah, he's just, I mean, he's a lighthearted guy, but he, he's a leader. And mm-hmm. everyone has a different way of leading. Um, I feel like defensive leaders are more known to more kind of get after guys. Offensively, it's a little bit, not passive, but it's a little bit different of type of leadership. And so, nah, Britton Covey, he's definitely like a great leader. And um, I haven't seen him angry. I haven't seen his, his, his frown ever. I haven't seen his smile ever go frown. But I know that there's some moments where, you know, I'm not with the receivers or the offense all the time yeah. either. So I know that there's probably some moments where he's got to tell guys, like, hey, you know, let's focus up. And especially after a game, like, you know, earlier in the season when, we, when we, you know, we had those lumps and stuff, I know probably had to tell some of the younger guys, like, hey, man, let's focus up. This isn't, you know, this isn't a good thing. We shouldn't be walking around here like, you know, we just won a championship. We just lost two games. Yeah. So, no, and, and it definitely shows. Is is that a type of leader that you want to be is, is what – is what Britton Covey, I mean, you're already on the council as a super freshman. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to be in Britton Covey's shoes eventually. Man, I appreciate that. And I guess you could say that. I mean, him, I feel like we have a great group of leaders um, from Britt Covey to, you know, Cam Rising, Thick Boy 7 to, uh, you know, Devin Lloyd to, um, you know, Mika the Fool. I feel like all those guys, man, and then even Keegan, you know, I felt bad for him when he went down. Yeah. Know, but all of those guys, man, are great leaders and they all – really are just the epitome individually each and every one of them of what a Utah man is and so you know that's my goal and that's what I aspire to be you know at some point by the way towards the end of the game it was actually the very last drive when when ASU was trying to try and make some kind of miracle happen but you guys got four three straight sacks yeah at the very end and when the clock ran out it was fourth and 40 for one that's insane but two on Devin Lloyd's sack I was down on the field. I actually saw you and him getting a little hyped up. You like yeah. went over to him and yeah. It, can, can you share what was said that is is radio friendly? Yeah. You know, me and Devin, man, we turn up and you know when I make a play, I'm, I don't know if you remember, but I got a PBU Drake London last yep. week, and he was the first guy to come over there and just hype me up and stuff. And so I try to return the favor. But in that moment, man, he uh, when I saw because I my receiver ran like a triple slant, he ran like a slant. Out and then he went back slant. So as he was getting that play, um, he tried to come back to the ball. I think he was trying to throw it to the running back, but it looked like it was coming to my man. And so I knocked my receiver down and I ran towards Devin. And I didn't know Devin was going to make the play. He made the tackle, and uh, you know Devin saw me. I saw him, and we were just like, "Let's go, bruh, let's go." And I'm like, you know, I said a couple of other things, and I was like, "Let's go, bruh." And so then we just kind of, you know, we jogged off or whatever. Um, and that was that was just a big moment, man, because. You know, and I just keep on going back to Coach Whittingham's words. You know, it's one of one of the most memorable wins, uh, you know, I can think of. Which I mean, for everything that you guys have gone through, is absolutely true. A couple more things on this game, and then we'll we'll uh, take a break. You guys had that uh, moment of loudness, yeah, for Ty and Aaron. Yeah, the entire stadium lit up. Like people turned on their their flashlights on their phone. Um, it was a really cool scene from my view, which I'm at the very top of the stadium. Yeah. But just overlooking everything, what was it like just seeing that and then everyone getting so loud after that that tribute video played? Man, it gave me chills, man, just because I, I just, you know, my first thought was like, 
we did it for Ty. And then it was like, now we're doing it for the both of them. It's just the craziest thing. And, um, you know, being that they were best friends, it made that that much more special. I felt like it made the team play with even more passion than we were playing with, you know. And, uh, like, it was just – it was special. It was special. Um, Just seeing it, you know, I heard people – yeah, Aaron, we love you, Aaron. I heard people, you know, saying stuff, and it was special to see my boys were loved, you know. What do you think was uh, their reaction looking over you guys as you guys were getting the win against ASU? I know they were smiling down, man. I, I just know that, you know, we'll make their heart happy as they did ours, you know, that everyone genuinely loved them and everyone was proud of them, you know. Well, they definitely have a, a reason to be proud. You guys are rolling right now. Last thing on this, is this the Utah football team that you guys all thought you guys were going to be start of the season? Yeah, we're coming into that. You know, uh, there's still a lot more games to play. We're hard on ourselves. We're our biggest critics. Um, we still think there's a lot to more and to, to improve on. But, man, I tell you, it's exciting when you start to, you know, beat teams that, you know, were slated in front of you, that were, you know, given preseason rankings that, you questioned, and you start to beat those teams. You start to feel a lot better about yourself, and we just got to continue to keep on um, progressing as a team, continue to keep on, you know, getting close-knit, keep on bonding, keep on becoming more a family, and, you know, we're going to do some special things. Well, it doesn't get any easier. You guys have got Oregon State coming up this uh, weekend in in Corvallis going to Research Stadium. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. But first, uh, follow Clark on Twitter, at ClarkPhillips21, and on Instagram, at ClarkPhillips3. That's right. You guys are listening to Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III, powered by KSLSports.com. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. so much for tuning in make sure you guys leave us a comment and a like and only five star ratings we take on this show none less and hit the subscribe button that would be much appreciated you guys can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts google apple podcasts spotify stitcher i'm not going to name them all just because that's a lot but they're there so you can find them 
Um, little family talk first. You and I were talking off air. So I've actually started to get Sundays off a little bit Yeah. for, for KSL Sports. Just because the week is crazy getting ready for your guys' games and, you know, going to right. practices and all that stuff. And so my wife, Jamie... She decided to, and Parker, my son, which you guys will hear, hear that reference a lot, is Parker. Parker is Clark's number one fan. That's right. Outside of and I'm his your family. Fan. Well, that's the only fan he has right now, but <laughs> <laughs> um, because he's only six. So they ended up going bowling while I was in Los Angeles last week. Wow. Um, you know, Jamie just decided to take him bowling, and I was like, oh yeah, fun. You know, it's yeah. awesome while I'm traveling and all that stuff. You know, it's great. But Parker wanted to to take dad this time. And so we went, and we actually had the uh, the uh, gutters up for him, the, like, gutter guards. Yeah. Because he's six. Like, I mean, he would end up getting gutters all the time with the way he chucks it. Like, yeah. he kind of, like, spins it, like, sideways or whatever. It's weird how he throws yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But, again, he's six. What, what pound ball does he use? He uses those, like, six-pound balls. Like, they that's, don't, just, that's pretty good. They that's don't have good. them, like, laid out there with, yeah. like, the, you know, 10, 11, 12-pound yeah. balls. Like, you have to ask them for it. Okay, got it, got it. So it's one I used of those. to throw the six so I could throw a fast one, you know? Yeah, and see, I normally try and go – I don't want to go super heavy. Yeah. I want to go heavy enough to where I can still go quick because yeah. you want to be able to get a little speed on that. Yeah. And so we end up having the, the gutters up for him, but then they would, they would end up going down for me. I want to make sure that that's known. I don't use the gutters. Yeah. The gutter guards or whatever. Now, I, th- I heard that you did, and that's what Parker told well, me. Well, Parker's lying. <laughs> so there was actually a guy who was bowling. It was like his sixth game. Yeah. He was all alone, and he, he was wearing a Pittsburgh Steelers Terry Bradshaw jersey. Mm. How about that? Classic. Really nice guy, though, to put up with a, a six-year-old and me and, and all that. It's probably not a great time. Yeah. He was on, on like, the final frame of one of his games. Yeah. You know, we're, like, teaching Parker the whole bowling etiquette where you can't go when the, when either person next to you is going. Yeah. You've got to wait your turn. And so the, the guy in, in, in the Steelers jersey tells Parker, go ahead, you know, and so Parker goes. And somehow, I don't know how he did it, he chucked the ball, had, like, a spin on it where it hit the gutter on yeah. our side, rolled over to to the other guy's gutter, and ended up just going straight down, which it costed him a frame, and he was in the tenth frame. Oh, <laughs> I know that guy. Oh man! So Jamie and I are like, like Jamie's busting up laughing, and I'm just sitting here like, "Yep, you're gonna have to I'm, hear from this guy. I'm gonna have to pay for a game for this guy." Which <laughs> luckily on on Sundays at this place in the morning, it's only a buck twenty five for a game. Yeah, I was like, I can I can pay for that. That's easy. Yeah, um, I at least make that much money with KSL Sports. <laughs> And so I was like, man, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, it's fine. And he just went and played another game. He was like on like his seventh game when we left. Yeah. And he was just taking a sweet time. You know, he wasn't like he had his own ball and stuff and, and all that. But I'm just like sitting here like Parker's like cheering like it was awesome. Yeah. He's and like, yeah. And I'm like, how did, for one, how'd you do that when you have the gutter guards up? Yeah. Like he ended up throwing it to like the side where it went over the gutter. Parker's got skill, And man. then rolled it over into the other gutter. Parker's got skill. I just, I mean, does he though? <laughs> that was all in his plan, man. He isn't bad. I mean, for for using the gutters, he's like in, in like the nineties. Okay, for bowling, like, okay, this isn't bad. It's respectable. Part of it is that he doesn't have enough power onto it, so it like rolls slowly in there, oh. and then it ends up hitting the pins, and it doesn't have that power impact. To, yeah, to yeah. where it knocks the others down. But yeah, it but just rolls right. over it. So yeah. whatever it hits, it won't have an impact on hitting the others Got on it. the Got sides. It. So I mean, it is what it is. I mean, do you ever go go bowling? 
No, I haven't been in a while, actually. The last time I can remember going was when I was in, me and my brother were forced to go to youth camps in the summer. Yeah. And uh, we would go, and those were like, so, so skating and it was bowling that, you know, me and my brother really took to, uh, because those were the ones that everyone went to, particularly the girls. Those, those were the ones yeah. that the girls would go to. Uh-huh. It wouldn't be just, you know, because <laughs> the water parks and all that other stuff, a lot of the, you know, girls didn't go. And so me and my brother liked to go to the field trips in which the girls would go. And so, you know, probably 12, 11, 12 was the last times that we really went to, you know, we were forced to go to summer camps. And me and my brother were never really that good at bowling. We were like those those kids that were kind of, you know, hitting the arcade if they had it at the bowling yeah. alley. And then going to get a bunch of candy and then trying to talk to everybody and making jokes and, you know, going Throw, you know, putting the gutters up and or th- putting the uh, the barriers up, just throwing it as hard as we can. You know, missing, probably getting like the, the lightest pound. What do they have? Maybe a five pound, six pound ball. Yeah, yeah. Parker ends up using a six, which I think that that's about that's, as low yeah. as it goes. Yeah, we'd be throwing those. Man, I had no business doing that. We're big old football players, you know, but just trying to be funny. Well, that you know, and you get you jokes. guys are probably throwing them like you know a baseball. Yeah, basically, and or, so or no maybe, technique at all, or maybe like a shot put. No technique. Are, We're shot putting those things. You guys man. are lobbing them in there. Yeah, man, and have all the boys cracking up. But that was the last time I can remember going, and I wasn't very good at all. I mean, we weren't even really keeping track. We had our names in the thing on the computer and stuff or on the iPad, but we yeah. weren't even, you know, we were just going, oh, it's my turn? Cool, I get to go chunk this thing. Just don't. <laughs> my turn? Okay. Grab a slice of pizza for this one. <laughs> or or were you guys more doing that to show off to the girls? That's it. That's it. Trying you know, to get strikes to show off. You know, hey, like, hey, check out check out the guns. Check out how fast how I can throw this thing, you know. You know? Ch- you know, like flexing whenever you guys were, yeah. were you guys pulling a, like, a, yeah, a, a, a Britain Covey. Yeah, <laughs> when you guys are that's right, man. Bowling. We were all we we're all hitting that thing, man. But yeah, I wasn't very good. I, I would love to see where I'm at now. I probably got a little bit better technique. You know, it's been some years, but who knows? We might so, have to go at some point. Maybe, maybe bowling is a sport I can actually beat you in. Nah, I don't think anything with a ball. I think that's technically a bowling ball. I remember, when it we, is a ball. Yeah, doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. You're Anything not with a ball. I'll, I'll are are you are you one of those like natural athletes who you, you can like pick up a tennis racket and be like uh, I like to Djokovic, say that. maybe, maybe, or you know, pick up a, a a golf club and be Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I know that you know when I get the hang of it, it might be an issue. So you may be able to get me the first game, but then after that, when we get the hang of it, find our technique, find the stroke, then. You know, we're gonna be striking. You know, hitting everything. I mean, you're always talking smack, and you you never back it up because you never you never do that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, you you just need to answer your dang texts. My texts don't work, man. This new Do Not Disturb on iOS 15 is aggressive. Is it? Yeah, it's aggressive. I updated my phone, and now I don't get no notifications. Do not disturb, including your co-host and probably your parents, right? Yeah, no, I don't. Have, I don't. I don't know how to work all the settings and stuff. I just turn it on, and I'm like. Then I look at my phone about five hours. I'm like, dang, 63 texts. Damn, I should probably respond. And then yeah, you dad, probably should, <laughs> especially when one of them is your co-host wondering when when should we tape. I know. And then my mom's like, where have you been all day? I'm like, mom, I've been just, you know, from homework to school to practice, and now I'm home. By the way, um, Pop's going to make it to the game. Yeah, Pop's, uh, he had a wedding. Living that, it wasn't really living much that, to watch uh, on my Living that uh, pastor life. That's right. But um, if this was the game to miss him, you know, he didn't really miss anything. It wasn't like I took a pick six or anything. Does he Does he do a lot of weddings, especially like in other seasons? Because he actually told me it takes close family members or friends for him to do a wedding in On a game in the in the fall in the during season, football yeah. season. Yeah, yeah and, uh, for sure. But, um, yeah, he does, you know, weddings, uh, to weddings, to funerals, to all that type of stuff, you know, that you need the pastoral care involved in. But, um not not during season, not very often. Only family, only family gets that. 
because he's not trying to miss one of my games, especially not you know early in you know my career. So they didn't go to Bryce's game either then. Well, my mom did, but my dad he he drove to Lake Arrowhead, uh, about an hour and a half away, um, which actually took him. He said four hours because of traffic. <laughs> Uh, from, from our I've house, actually so drove in in that LA traffic really, last week. Horrible, it man. sucks, man. It's horrible. So it he sucks. thought he'd be good, and luckily he left early because he wasn't late. But you know, he went out there, and then he ended up trying to get back to the hotel for the game. He got to he didn't miss anything. But my mother, she went to my brother's game along with my aunties and grandmother, and you know all the all the family, and they went to my brother's game. It's perfect. It was you know fitting because he ended up getting an interception. Yeah. So so talk about that because I normally text your dad. Yeah. During games and stuff, but. But when when your guys' game got over, it was like almost midnight. Yeah, it was sleep time. And I was like, I'm not going to text Pops yeah. that late. I'm he like, was up. I'm, 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 I called well, him when we talked. But I know, know he is, but I'm not going to be that guy where, yeah. you know, I'm actually. You do it to me, though. You text me at 2. Because I know you're up still. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm, I'm in the same area that you are. Give Pops the same treatment now, man. Well, even though Pops is an hour back, I'm like, look, he's, he's probably getting ready for, for Sunday for, yeah, you know, for church and all, and you know, sermon yeah. and all that. I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. I appreciate that. Plus, I didn't want to jinx anything because the Broncos and Raiders are playing on Sunday. Oh, and I, I didn't want to so like. a little bit worried, huh? What time do they play at, by the way? They're playing right now. By the way, in in case you guys didn't know, we are taping the show on Sunday. And as of right now, Raiders are up 10-7, 11 minutes left in the second. We predicted this. We did. Yeah, yeah, you kind of stabbed me in the back. (laughs) But but that's cool. Um, it's, it's all right. I just, you know, I got to go with my roots, man. Well, by the way, your uh, your college picks are not great. You'll you'll find that out next next segment. It's all good. We're focused on the NFL right now. So what happened with uh, with, with Bryce's pick? Walk us through it because that's so, awesome. Um, he sent me the clip, man. He should have had another one. It was an out route that they ran near the goal line. He should have picked off. His friend buzzed underneath him, tipped it, dove. He was like, dude, that was my pick. I was so mad. But uh, <laughs> the, the, his interception, man, he went up and mossed a guy. He just sent me the clip. I'll show it to you right now. Sorry, viewers. You guys won't be able to see this. Um, well, Clark will end up tweeting it out. So I will. I will. So you guys can go follow him on Twitter at ClarkPhillips21 or he'll post it on Instagram. At Clark Phillips III. So there you go. There's That's a plug right. for your social media page as well. That's right. And so, man, he uh, it was like a cover three concept, um, two verticals, you know, screaming down the field. He opens up. Quarterback tries to throw the sideline vertical. Oh, yeah. The, the hash vertical. Mm-hmm. He turns, um, jumps up off of one foot, mosses the guy, high point. The guy ends up trying to turn into the DB. He catches it, pushes him down, and then he falls. He tried to get up, but it's not the NFL. Did you just give me the uh, play-by-play while play-by-play. while while playing while it on your phone? Yeah, and you still haven't shown me. Yeah, Here, my bad. You can actually show me during during the break. Yeah, I'll show you during the break. Because man, I was so hyped. That's up. awesome, man. I mean, he's actually played really well. I, I've actually been uh, texting pops and always always wanting an update on Bryce. Yeah, because he's taking that a different path than what you took. He is, man. And really having to work his way into getting to where he wants to be. I'm proud of that guy, man. He's really working, and he's determined. He's not letting anything slow him down, and he's uh he's showing grit right now, man. And the grit that we're showing on these Saturdays, you know, as a defense, he's showing it every single day, you know, and the way that he's just carrying himself. Sounds like some schools are, are, are starting to take some more they interest are. in him. They are. And and it's tough when you're starting when he get he's getting treatment a lot of weeks. Teams aren't throwing at him. But yeah, man, I'm just proud of my little brother. Um that dude dude is tough. That dude is tough as nails and I'm just proud of him because you know, it's easy to fall asleep on that island, especially yeah. when they don't throw at you. And so, you know, that's been my biggest test, you know, trying to stay locked in the whole Well, game. you just had that you just had that game on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like not throwing you, get, you guys going to give me some love here? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Jaden. So just staying, you know, staying locked in even, 
when you're neglected on that island, it feels like. What is what is the whole feeling behind that? Like, especially for you, when you're in high school and you finally arrived as that as that big recruit, yeah. quarterbacks weren't going to throw to you. Yeah. So the picks were going to go down. Yeah. Your your production was going to go down. You were going to get tackles and stuff, but quarterbacks weren't going to throw your way. You had to work for everything that you got. Yeah. So you had a lot of games like Saturday probably. Mm-hmm. What are the emotions? Do you take that more as as a compliment that quarterbacks have a ton of respect for you where they don't want to they don't want to throw your way or or do you kind of get pissed off? Yeah, I, I mean, I say a little bit of both, man. I part of me like and I even was venting frustrations to uh I think coach Swan this morning as I was going to watch some film. I was just like, man, it just sucks. I feel like I can't make an impact on the game, you know. Um, and I told you even this morning as I pulled up, mm-hmm. you know, it just sucks that I feel like I can't make an impact on the game. And, you know, a lot of responses that I've been getting is, you know, hey, well, you're shutting down one you know, one one guy or one half of the field. And, yeah, that's exactly know, what you're doing. not able to, you know, uh, go at you so they're trying other things. And, you know, it really is helping the defense. And part of me is just like, dang, I just wish I could get my hands on some balls because, like you said, the production in there. And I'm not able to, you know, maybe make that film that I want to make. But scouts are going to see that. Yeah. So, so that's the whole thing. And there were a ton of scouts last night at the game, by the way. I believe it. I know the Buffalo Bills had someone there. They all sit where we do. Yeah. And they all have their, like, team logos on their shirts. And so wow. you're, like, walking around the press box, you know, getting food or getting a drink or something like that. And you then see, you know, a scout. And it doesn't mean that they're, like, the, the head scout, but they are area scouts yeah. for that team. And so a lot of them go to these games, mm-hmm. especially a game of, of, of that caliber. Because they're watching Jaden Daniels, obviously he's yeah. a he's he's a big time talent. They're watching, you know, the old linemen. They're watching guys like you, yeah. you know, who who are probably within the next year or two going to be going to the NFL. Yeah, and so that they're doing their homework early. But for me, I and I, I've actually told you this: if I'm Jaden Daniels and I'm I'm prepping for you, I'm not going to throw to you because and, and nothing against Fabian Marks, he, he's working his way up. Yeah, and it's showing how much progress he's making. But if I'm a quarterback, I'm not throwing your way because you've already made a ton of plays in your short career at Utah. You already have two pick sixes and you you just played what, your tenth game? Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. No how many corners can say that? I know Jalen Johnson can't say that. Yeah. So I would take that as a ton of respect. I mean, do you care to share what uh, Brian Thompson said to you after the game? Yeah, man, and you know he's uh, you know former U, by the way, Brian Thompson, who transferred Arizona big, State. He's been a big bro, man, and he's he's a special guy. He uh, I went up to him after the game, and he even went as far as to DM me afterwards too. But after the game, you know, he was just like, "Man, keep on going, bro." He was like, "You're three and out for real." Because I walked up to him, and I was like, "You know, good game, bro." I was like, "Man, it's good to see you, bro." Made sure he was good. I asked him if he was okay. Yeah, he ended up he ended up getting hurt in that second half. Yeah, and so even after that, you know, he DM'd me. It was, you know, we didn't really get home, and I'm guessing he probably landed somewhere around 3 because this is when he hit me, 314. He was like, um, you keep doing you, bro. Much love, man. Happy for you, for real. Keep getting better one week at a time. You're going to make some millions soon. And I just said, appreciate you, big bro, for real. means a lot coming from you. I know you done seen a good share of DBs. I said, and good luck the rest of the season. Keep on showing what's up. Stay solid. That's awesome. See? Even somebody else... Special who, man, who so, ends up playing for for the other team knows that. And me and Brian, man, me me and BT, we went we went back and forth every day in one on ones. You know, when he was here, like he was, you know, I feel like while he was here, one of the better receivers I ever got to go against. Yeah, that dude, he he contributed to my growth. You know, as a corner, he gave me he got me a lot of reps. You know, 
Um, I would win some, but he would win a lot, you know, and he really made me a better player. And so I'm just grateful, you know, for the perspective that he has and for, you know, the encouraging words that he gave me, man. Well, we are going to take a break. We're up against it. But coming up next, we're going to talk about this deal that uh, Clark has signed. Part of the NIL, but it's mainly something that is near and dear to his heart that it's finally starting to come off the ground a little bit where he's going to be making a difference not only just in his in his football career, but in his life and, and in the lives of others. It, it's definitely something that it, it's going to change the world because I've actually talked to your dad about this, and it, it's a really cool concept, and I, I, I want our listeners to understand exactly what it is. So we'll do that, and we will get through Clark's picks because he's not very good at it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do all that coming up next here on Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips III. Family football final segment here with Clark Phillips III, Trevor Allen here with you. Um, you guys probably noticed on Twitter earlier in the month that Clark signed a deal to be an ambassador, right? Yeah, man. With Boss. Um, first of all, tell people what is Boss. Man, Boss is the business of student success, man, and it's a. Uh very dear to me because, um, you know, early on, uh, before any offers, uh, probably sixth, seventh grade, I want to say eighth grade is really when I, you know, was a part of it. And, you know, I've been kind of a, a part of it for a while, man. And, you know, early on in my athletic career, or before I was even with any high school, um, met a lot of different people, um, met a lot of different kids. Um, and so I, I'm actually one of the first graduates you know, uh, from high school and to the, and that's, that's actually at the next level. And one of the front runners of the program, um, that is able to kind of show the younger guys, you know, what it is to be a boss student athlete, man. And so it's special. Um, it's a nonprofit organization. It's been around quite, not, not a lot, not a long time, but you know, and I just love what it stands for. And I love what Mr. Glenn has done and you know, how he's impressed upon kids, man, to focus on education. From what I gathered is that is that the founder of this was a longtime NFL agent, right? Yeah, yeah, he's a longtime NFL agent. Um, you know, therefore he has a you know he also has a law background. Mm -hmm. Like he understands, I feel like uh, the makings of law and the makings, uh, the background of the NFL world and all of that different stuff, and uh, you know how to manage and how to market players and stuff. And so he understands, you know what it is and how important, you know, education is, man. And you can see it in the way that he is super passionate about, you know, boss, man. He he really does do a great job with, you know, whether it's a planning an event, hosting events, you know, just for student success. Um, it's in the name, business of student success, man. And that's literally his focus. That's his primary focus is making sure kids are successful after sports. Um, securing that bag, you know, with education with, you know, different career exploration opportunities and things like that, um, and making that a priority rather than making the second, you know, option after athletics. Because everyone knows, and everyone talks about it, but not a lot of people really, you know, um, 
live it out. But you know, like, you know, the average NFL career is very, very short. And so, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you're solidified and successful for after the NFL as well. And so he's really focused on that. He's impressed that upon me for years now. And so it's it's awesome to be able to partner with someone that truly does care, um, someone that's genuine and someone that, you know, has really seen a great fair share of athletes um, go through the process. And um, to see him just stay around, stick around, man, it's really special. What is your role going to be with Boss? I mean, this is this is a deal. Obviously, it is with a nonprofit organization. What is your role going to be as an ambassador for them? Um, just as an ambassador, man, I feel like um, just you know, I would say attending events, um, you know, in which we can spread the word about it. Um, talking to young kids that are trying to either join the program, get in the program, spreading the word out here, spreading the word everywhere, and then just being someone like a, a voice advocate. Um, and then just, you know, hosting. I think we're going to, you know, collaborate about events that we can do on my behalf out here as well. Who knows, you know. Right now we're still in the makings. I just, I was just super thrilled and super excited when you reached out, you know, about the opportunity. Which is huge. I mean, it, it's another way to help those who who have have not been given as many opportunities from what it sounds like to be able to get to put themselves in that position. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, and it's special because not, you know, like you just mentioned, not a lot of kids are given the opportunity to either go to the next level or not a lot of kids are because a lot of the kids in the program, you know, aren't going to play big-time collegiate sports. And, you know, and I'm just blessed to be on a platform where I can use this, you know, collegiate athletics and use uh, my platform to for the better and to inspire and to share as possible, you know. Donovan Mitchell. Jazz superstar. You've probably heard of him, right? Yep. By the way, do you, do you follow the Jazz? No. I don't think so. You're going to make some people mad on this podcast. Yeah, I follow the Jazz. I definitely do. I just, <laughs> you know, not actively. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously, Don, Donovan goes to your guys' games whenever he can, and um, but their, their season's about to start this week. But uh, he actually told GQ how he spent his first million dollars. That, that, that? that he got I from love the watching those, man. I used to watch those all the time. And so the first two hundred thousand was just on cars. One of them was for his mom. Wow, which is really cool. Yeah. I, you know, because she she takes you to these camps and all that yeah. stuff, and, and makes a ton of sacrifices. And for Donovan, I mean, I'm pretty sure Donovan's. And again, I can't speak for him, but I I don't think that they're like struggling financially where she had to work a ton of jobs because his dad works for the Mets. Yeah, he's like one of the one of the front office members of, of the New York Mets. Really? Yeah. But uh, Donovan's also made a ton of of donations to these uh, organizations surrounding education. Yeah. So I'll ask you, when you go into the NFL, and I'm going to say when, not if, and you get that first paycheck. Yeah. Which it's going to have a ton of zeros on it compared to now. Yeah. What's that first purchase going to be for Clark Phillips? First purchase is the house. A house? Yeah. For you? Yeah, for my parents. There you go. Yeah. And then for you. Yeah. It depends on, honestly. Second paychecks for you. Yeah. It really (laughs) depends on, um, you know, what they do. So they've been talking about moving for a little minute now. If they get that house that they want, that they wanted in the next year or so, actually the timeline will work out perfect if they didn't, because I'd be able to, you know, get them a house, surprise them. If they're listening to this, they won't be a surprise. Yeah. It won't be anymore. But it'll be a surprise based on the timing because they won't yes. know when, you know. And so uh, it'll, um, depending on when the Lord bless me with that opportunity, we'll see, you know, exactly when that when that'll be. But if they ended up 
you know, getting that house. And maybe that first one could be for me. But my first check will definitely go to my family, though. Yeah. My first check will definitely go to the family. I'm sure 99.9% of NFL players and NBA players and pro athletes get that first paycheck. It goes to their mom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, It'll have to go to both of them because they have both been influential in my life. Absolutely. All right. You ready to make some picks? And then we'll get out of here. Let's do it. So in college picks, last week we both went two and three. So it wasn't one and four so for you. Still, so we're still even, huh? But you also said you're going to go four and one or five and zero, oh, something like that. You weren't even close. You got the uh, Cowboys beating the Longhorns. I picked Texas. I told you Georgia was going to beat Kentucky, and what happened? Georgia beat Kentucky by a lot. You got uh, Arkansas wrong against Auburn. Auburn got the win in that. We both got Stanford wrong against Washington State. Yeah. And then uh, you picked the UCLA Bruins. I picked the Washington Huskies. I got that one wrong. All right. Our uh, records all time, you're 10 and 15. I'm 12 and 13. So I, jo- I dropped well 500 again so Pops can get after me again. Um, all right. For week eight, Northwestern at number six, Michigan. Big house. Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. You're going to pick the team up north? Mm-hmm. I have no more ties to them. You did earlier in, in the episode. You were talking about it. <laughs> well, man, I just take it week by week. You know, we're, we we go one and zero. Uh, we trying to go one and zero every every week, man. I'm going with Northwestern just because this college football season's crazy. Uh, number sixteen, Wake Forest at Army. Army, I think, is like four and two right now. Mm. It's at Army. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Yeah, that's an easy one, actually. I'm going to go with Wake Forest as well. All right, here's one because it's the Wacky Pack Twelve. Um, number 10, Oregon at UCLA. Remember, this is the Pac-12 conference we're talking about. Anything can happen. Gonna be, probably going to be UCLA. Really? Yeah. You're going with UCLA? Yep. I'm picking the Ducks. You're going to pick a loss. I probably am. <laughs> USC at number 13, Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. And are you saying that because you guys came off of spanking USC? <laughs> Man, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, but I just think Notre Dame's stronger right now. I mean, they're probably going to throw the ball to Drake London 18 times. Yeah. <sighs> They'll find a way to get him over 100 yards receiving. I don't think the USC's that good, so I'm going with Notre Dame. All right, here's one that I didn't think we'd ever put on on this sheet. BYU at Washington State. Washington State is rolling since they lost to you guys. BYU's going to win that. Are you really going to pick the team down south? You know, we just got we got to go truth over emotion in this one. Yeah, know? truth over emotion. Truth over emotion. Well, you know, you want to go with truth over emotion. I know it's an emotional one. You know, thing you is, know. is is Rolovich going to be the coach by then? Because he has to be vaccinated this week, otherwise he's supposed to be fired. Really? Yeah. What was that? Who's that on the ground? You know who it is. Oh, Jaden. Yeah. <laughs> I really couldn't see the number from here, but like two of you guys are standing over him. Yeah. That's funny. Jaden doesn't like playing you guys. He he said that he during said that, media yeah. days, yeah. yeah. Um I'm tough. going with Washington State. I uh, that's crazy. But it, it gives you a chance to potentially come back. Yep. All right. Now for the NFL picks. Since all the games haven't gone final yet, we don't know the records, but uh we'll go ahead and go into the picks for week seven. Denver Broncos at Cleveland Browns on Thursday night football. Denver Broncos. Denver. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going with the Broncos as well. No way. I mean, call me crazy. Kansas City Chiefs at Tennessee Titans. 
By the way, the Chiefs are kind of disappointing this year. Yeah. I still got to go with them, though. Yeah. Kill. Uh, who do I want to go with? The stiff arm only can stiff arm so many people. Mahomes or Henry? Mahomes or Henry? I'm going to go with Mahomes. No. Wait, what the heck am I thinking? It's the Chiefs. I'm going with the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the same division. Um, Cincinnati Bengals at Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar and them were smacking the Chargers earlier. Yeah, I like the Bengals. Burrow, Joe Burrow. You're going with the Bengals? Yeah, easy. I'm going with the Ravens. Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. Eagles. Really? Yeah, easy. Pops, I did not influence this if you're listening. Uh, the Broncos are still hanging in there. They are? Two minutes left in the second, 10 to 7. Mm. They can't lose to those guys. John Gruden just got, he just, well, he left. He didn't get fired. He quit. Um, yeah. Last one. It's on Monday Night Football. New Orleans Saints at Seattle Seahawks. New Orleans Saints at Saints? Seattle Seahawks. Oh, you're like, you're playing it back uh, to see what you want to pick? I got to go with Seahawks. DK Metcalf is going to have a game. I can just feel it. I don't like Jameis Winston. I do have Alvin Kamara, though, in fantasy football. Really? Yeah. I'm going with the Saints. There. There's our picks. You feel good about it now? I feel great about it. You shouldn't because you have a losing record and everything. We're going to come back this week. It's all right. Well, that's what you always say, and it doesn't happen. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that you're feeling optimistic about it. Every time. Every time. All right, final thoughts as you guys head to Corvallis to take on Oregon State. You guys played them last year here. Yeah. It was kind of a slugfest for a little bit, but you guys pulled out the win. Yep. Um, just thoughts going in. Um, we're excited, man. Um, they got some playmakers. They got a pretty good team. I forget the team that they won. Who they beat? Who they beat? They beat uh, – no, they actually just lost before their, their bye week. They lost to Washington State. Yeah. Well, they're, you know, they're a strong team, I believe. You know, we don't ever underestimate They did beat, like, Washington at their place. Yeah. Um, a couple other games that were actually pretty yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, and so, you know, we think um, we're going to have to, like every game, bring our A game, you know, come out to play, and try to dominate them because um, we know uh, college football is college football and anything can happen and we want to stay on track. And right now you guys control your own destiny, right? That's right. All right, man. Well, always a great show and good talking to you. We'll uh, we'll do Likewise, it next week. Likewise, great to catch up. And it's actually good to be back here in in, in the studio, studio too. Man. Yeah, feel so back at home. Back at home, indeed. All right. Well, that's it. This is Faith Family Football with Clark Phillips the Third. Thank you guys so much for joining. Make sure you guys follow him on Twitter at Clark Phillips twenty one and on Instagram at Clark Phillips the Third. Music provided by Bryce Phillips powered by kslsports.com and make sure you guys leave a like you also leave a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcast until next time you've been listening to faith family and football